You're listening to The Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Now for political insight and strategy, let's get started with your hosts. Hi, this is Caitlin Martin. I'm Towner French. This is Patrick Martin. This is Mark Alderman. This is Howard Schweitzer. Tristan, Caitlin, Towner, Mark, we're back. Patrick will be joining us momentarily, I think. Obviously, all anybody's talking about right now across the country, not just in Washington this time, but across the country is the leaked opinion, uh, supposedly majority opinion of the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade. Unprecedented in recent times that somebody leaked it. The court has launched an inquiry, but but it's out there. I think to me, it's very interesting to talk about who would have leaked it. So let's start there. Mark, who leaked this? The right or the left? This is not a question. This is the the question everybody's been asking. My guess, I don't want to spend the whole podcast on the leak instead of the opinion. But it's a fair it's a fair start. And my view is you ask yourself who had the most to gain, the most to lose. And it makes sense to me that somebody on the right side that that is not the correct side, Caitlin, that is right versus left. Somebody on the right side wanted to solidify this majority before it slipped away and. And that is what has happened. I don't think there's been any real benefit to the other side uh, by by leaking it a month early. So that that's my guess, Howard. But the the leak is is getting a lot of attention. The opinion itself uh, is obviously what matters. By the way, Tanner, you told me yourself that the Roe versus Wade opinion part of it anyway or i think you told me itself was leaked the original it's not a a leak isn't unprecedented like i said earlier no towner who do you think (laughs) i i don't know i think it was somebody who got paid by politico to be perfectly honest with you at the the end of the day i think we're interjecting on both sides our our political beliefs on the other right now but uh but i I, you know it could be either it could be either it Mark's theory could be right. You could also say uh, that that certainly, you know, somebody on the left uh, felt the need to leak it such that uh, they thought they might be able to turn the tide and and stop it, or they wanted to raise uh, public awareness so early in the election cycle and and keep that momentum going because they thought that the Biden administration was, uh, you know, riding on fumes right now. And, and, you know, there's, there's each side has spent 72 hours offering why the other side leaked it. Uh, and it's, I, I just happen to personally think it's more likely that somebody just wanted a little bit of a payday, uh, at the Supreme court or felt jilted or something along those lines and decided to go ahead and leak it. I think this was a political leak from, well, I, I think it was a political leak design. I think it's very problematic that we have a leak of this nature. I think it's scary that this leak in my view, was designed to sway justices in a Supreme Court opinion. We do not have a decision. A decision has not come out. 
There are first drafts of every decision written. There might be changes. We're, we're litigating Roe versus Wade and, and this decision before we even know if we have a Supreme Court decision. I think it's a really convenient way to energize, um, you know, folks on, on the left. And I think that we should sit and wait until we have a SCOTUS decision rendered. Kristen? You know, this is... Um... This is all very interesting. I think the, the bigger question is, is um, why? <laughs> why, why, why was it leaked? Do we right. have the same security? Do we have the same separation of political powers that we, the, the framers of our constitution designed when it becomes, you know, having the judiciary not be involved in political matters? Have we gone too far? And so I think the question is, we don't, we won't know who unless you know they do a full deep dive and you know bring well, the. They're going to do a full deep dive. I don't well, I mean, they are going to do a full deep dive. The, the follow-up part of that is when they do it, if they notify us, who's going to who did it? Uh, I think it, the, the how much of that's going to be public when they when they pull a pro, uh, put a full report out. But I mean, at the end of the day, this this should have never happened. Um, I think we are we are going on a very slippery slope when it comes to the judiciary. Uh, I think that uh, unfortunately, I, I blame Mitch McConnell because I think Mitch McConnell pretty much made it uh, a rule that you know the the, the legislative branch controls the judicial branch. Ever since they held up Merrick Garland's nomination, I'm still salty about that. I'm a process guy, and I think they jacked up the process. And so here's where we are. Uh, we're at it. We're at a, the politics of judiciary. And unfortunately, it's going to be a, a very, very slippery slope for us going forward. Patrick, who do you think? Do you think the right or the left leaked it? Who, who leaked it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you probably. Missed, you missed my explanation about why it was obviously the right. And you miss Towner's very insightful explanation about why it could have been anybody who just wanted to get paid by Politico. There you go. Yeah. Has everything- I'm, I'm, I'm sort of swinging to Towner's view here. But I'm pretty like sure that. that's a felony, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, it's well, a felony probably with or without the money, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, accepting money for it or leaking it? As accepting a money for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. On the leak, has anyone taken the position of like, I don't know what to say. Stuff happens. Like it's amazing to me yeah. that this hasn't well, happened before. Well, that's a, it's, it has I, happened before. Yeah. It just I, like, hasn't happened recently. And and whether we should be outraged by it is a different question than whether, than who happened. leaked it. I think the question of who leaked it is interesting because it's, it's obviously inherently political, assuming separating aside somebody getting paid, which I can't, speculate about but i'm assuming it came from either one side or either somebody who was very pro roe v wade or very anti roe v wade and and i think it's interesting because i think depending upon who it is it it could it could help or hurt what they were trying to accomplish yeah That's maybe even- I, I i think it's possible to have no impact too i think it's i think it's done i mean it i, I it it I, you can understand the rationale of what someone thought they might be able to achieve by leaking it. Um, but, you know, these are 
these are judges with long held view. I mean, Alito's probably had this opinion written for <laughs> like since 1992. I mean, these guys have their views on but, it. And as, it, as it's, you did earlier in the week, Patrick, go back to the Beltway briefing of a year ago. Yeah. And you hear all of us talking about how there are five votes to overturn Roe v. Wade. <laughs> and just a question of which of when they get around to doing it. Right. Look, yeah. My view is it it absolutely has an impact. I don't think it has an I think what you're saying, Patrick, is it doesn't have an impact. It's not gonna have an impact on the voting in the case. But exactly. I think it could, that, and is, that would that be a really dangerous saying. situation if people are swayed to vote a different way because of the leak of the stock. But, but yeah. the only impact it could have, this is my thesis at least, is solidifying the five votes. It's impossible that after this leak, one of those five justices changes his or her vote. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I agree with that. Also, it's, it's impossible they change their vote because they've been saying for 50 years that this is what they believe. But what now, if it's I, not I had an interesting, Howard? I had a conservative friend of mine tell me he wonders if it, in an odd sort of way, actually is helpful because it gives people time to process before the ruling actually comes down. Well, that's, and by the way, not helpful. Well, my view. Yeah, helpful is the wrong word, but you know what I'm saying. Yes, like my thesis the, is that somebody, look, I think if all of a sudden the decision dropped that overturned Roe v. Wade, this country would explode yeah and if i'm on the right and i want to take it to a simmer before it goes to a boil to kind of take some of the political wind out of the sails forget about the way the justices are going to vote just taking some of the wind out of the sails of the left in reaction to an opinion that overturns roe v wade I actually think that that's why the leaker leaked this. And and look, I, I've never clerked for a justice or come even close, but I've been in a lot of rooms where people inside Washington think in a very multidimensional way about the way these things can play themselves out. And it is not what it's, it's not what you see at face value. It's very much, the game of chess and and kind of how it ultimately plays itself out. And I could see somebody having leaked this to nullify some of the negativity and uproar on the, on the left to, to the decision, which is, I think, I don't think that's going to work, but I think you're, I think that could have been the, the perception of the person who did it or the idea behind doing it. But the the problem is, you know, this whole like lofty legal idea of like, well, you saw it in the opinion. Well, well, we're going to overturn Roe because it was wrong. We decided, and now this will be debated where it's supposed to be debated in the states. And a lot of these states, it's not going to be debated. The debate happened a long time ago, and all these triggers are going to turn on on day one. So it's not like we're going to see some, you know, l- like legislative oratorical debates in state legislature. Like it's it's going to be like a light switch. Yeah, right? and if I may, just to. Uh... Caitlin's point about we should wait until the court actually rules. And of course, we should wait until the court actually rules. And of course, there shouldn't have been a leak, whether left, right, or just for money. However, the court has now ruled. It's impossible for anybody to change their vote. 
And it's impossible for that opinion to be rewritten in any material or meaningful way. So we're just waiting a couple of weeks until the court issues substantially that opinion. And maybe maybe we're simmering before we're boiling, but but I think we're already there. To Patrick's points, the, the country knows what it thinks already. And I think the most politically or constitutionally, if you will, challenging dimension of this is that however we got here, however we got here, and I'm with Tristan, you can always blame McConnell for about anything, but however we got here, the Supreme Court has ruled in a, in a way that 70% of the country disagrees with. And what, and, and where are we? <laughs> what does that mean? We've got a Democratic House, a Democratic Senate, and a Democratic president who should pass legislation codifying a woman's right to abortion within whatever timeline. But but even the Democratic Party doesn't have the votes. That's the frustration here. We're all complaining about the Supreme Court. It's make it a policy. Pass. Wait, you think they should do that? Do you think they have to get rid of the filibuster to do it? Because that's if if we lost Manchin but got Murkowski and Collins. We might have 51, yeah, but we don't have 60. Do so by your you rationale, should. I think I think you're saying we need to get rid of the filibuster. No, I don't think we I don't think we demolish our norms and our institutions because we don't like the outcome. I think we elect representatives to represent us who come to Washington, who vote on policies. No, I don't think we should blow up the filibuster. But you just that. said I the Democratic majority and the Democratic try. White House should pass, they should codify Roe. I said they should try, and I think that there are not Demo- there are not enough Democratic so, votes for that. I just, you're, they're going to try, and it, there'll be 55 votes for it, but not 60. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't think. I, I, I don't think. I. 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 I disagree with with Caitlin. I think. Um, I. I don't think Democrats should waste their time in doing something that's not going to work. I, I think that Democrats need to learn what Republicans have learned for the last one hundred years: is that you don't vote for this election. You vote for fifty years down the road. You make a plan. You put it in place, and you do it. I. You know, Mark and I have, have had this conversation. You know, this week. Yeah. I com- we, we commend the Republican Party for the 50-year crusade of overturning Roe v. Wade. If Democrats took the time to strategize like that, we would be great. But we don't. We've, we reflect off of, of emotion. We want to do things right now. We don't, we don't strategize. We have horrible messaging. And so my thing is, if Democrats are pissed right now, which a lot of them are, um, and I, I've always said I am, I am a pro-life Democrat who believes in choice. Um, I don't want to control a woman's body. I don't think that the government has that that responsibility. I'm more of a libertarian than anything else because I believe that you have the control to do what you want to do. But again, I just don't believe in abortion. But if you're if you're if you're passionate about this, vote. And I mean, we have we have a midterm coming up and use this as ammunition, gain filibuster proof in the Senate, gain more seats in the House and do what Caitlin suggested in codify role. I mean, but but the only way to do that, I think, is to going forward into the election and, and making this a political move. I do uh, think we here are, are completely overestimating the impact that I think this is, is going to have in the midterms. I don't think, I think this is a very passionate issue, but I don't think this is what's going to drive the majority of voters 
in November. It doesn't have to drive the majority of voters, which it will not, I agree, but it doesn't have to drive the majority of voters to drive the election. It has been driving white Republican women for the last 20 years to the polls. It has, it, this has been an issue that has literally gotten yeah, I, I just, Republican but, but, majorities. But they don't. But 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 they don't. I know don't a lot of white Republican women that are pro-choice, Tristan. Listen, I'm not saying all of them. I'm saying this particular issue, including has a lot of freshman members in the U.S. House of Representatives. But well, there, but but elections in this country in 2022 and in recent memory are decided based on the suburban women voters. They are the deciders of the election. But and if, and does this not tilt? The majority of the country is pro-choice. Does this not tilt the election one way or the other? I'm not sure that it, I, I think it might. I, 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 I agree with yeah. Kristen. We, we Democrats have never been able to bottle the magic uh, of abortion as an issue in the way Republicans have. And of course and not, doubt, because it, the law that's of the just, land we already had have the what right we wanted. That's the whole thing. If you're exactly. trying to drive change, that's where it gets interesting is this is going to be the first time where Democrats are on the other side. And are we able to mobilize our people toward a change that they want the way Republicans have effectively done it on their side as they've tried to achieve a goal. It, that's the part I don't know. Yeah, it's fundamentally different. It's a different position. Well, Tanner, what were you going to say? Well, I mean, I, I was going to respond to about seven different things. The Republicans, <laughs> the Republicans are a big tent party. You know, we don't just have really? like Republican women who believe <laughs> in anti-abortion so, whoa, 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 whoa. You're, you're a big tent party. First, first of all, I, I am, I, I've had this conversation for the last couple of days of how Republicans have literally taken Shelby County versus Holder and have over, tried to overturn voting rights. Literally are now talking about education systems in Virginia and Florida, and are trying to make ways to somehow affect Brown v. Board. Literally, the Republican Party is walking through every single civil rights Supreme Court case and trying to overturn all of them. Oh, I'm trying to figure out what that. big tent party is the Republican yeah. Party doing right I, now. And, you I know, mean, Tristan, Tristan, let me just respond and say, you know, the, the group that really does benefit from this, from this, from this leak, from the eventual decision, are super PACs on both sides. And I think you're watching too many of those commercials. Uh, they're going to get a lot of that money flowing in starting in early May as opposed to mid-June. And, you know, you just got to be able to filter through the noise here and, and realize what the parties are actually about. Uh, and there's a lot of political people who are going to be out there for the next six months telling us how we need to interpret this. And quite frankly, the voters are eventually going to go to the polls. Connor, yeah, do you I, think that on this issue, though, with the Big Tent thing, I've never felt like either party is real Big Tent on this issue. No. It, it really, like, Mark, you, 92, Governor oh, Governor Bob Governor, Casey right. not getting to speak at the convention because he's pro-life. Right. Republican right. Party, Joe Lieberman, McCain says, maybe I'm going to pick Joe Lieberman. The pro-life community goes insane when Bush nominated Harriet Myers. Like there, there are there are very few pro-life Democrats and pro-choice Republicans left. Susan Collins, it's like only acceptable because she was there on the Supreme Court votes when they needed her. 
um, it's just th- this issue over the last several years, it has really uh, become like a total, you know, red state, blue state, Republican, Democrat type thing. It, it is. It's an issue that in both parties, obviously, inflames passions on both sides. And I still I still believe I don't have anything to back this up. I'm going to do some research after this, but I still believe that it's a vocal minority of both parties that actually cares about the issue of abortion. I don't like it when Democrats say 70% plus of the United States is is pro-choice. I don't yeah, think I don't right. agree with that. I think it's right in the middle. I think, you know, it I think I'm, I'm with you. The polling's been middle. remarkably consistent. Also, Tanner, to your point about like what I think Americans care about. One thing that's interesting, look at our current president and our last president. This is where I think Americans just like kind of hate politicians and politics. I don't want to purport to know what anyone thinks personally, but I have a very sneaking suspicion that our current president considers himself personally pro-life, but is publicly pro-choice. And I have the same sneaking suspicion that our previous president is completely pro-choice if it was ever relevant to him personally and purports to be pro-life because it was helpful to him politically. It's just an interest, like people just never really, it's, it's kind of why I think the country's like, may I just offer a, uh, a little bit different take here. I believe that the political implications of the uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade will be felt in 2024, not 2022. And I believe that because I believe it's the next decision that's going to matter more. The If you read Alito's opinion, the court may, may be on a path to overturn contraceptive rights and yeah. sodomy laws and more. And if it goes there, this will matter a lot in 2024. I'm hoping the chief justice keeps it from going there, in which case by 2024, I don't think this will be the, the issue. Mark, you nailed it. It's it's that Robert Bortz America speech that Ted Kennedy gave, like actually happening. Like if that guys, becomes oh, the you narrative, sound crazy. In you sound insane right now. If that, uh, if, if you get a string of three or four I decisions, it, I don't think it's going to happen. I, don't think it's I hope it doesn't. Secondly, I don't think the chief is going to lose control of his court, but. But it's the next decision, were it to happen, that would really, really drive this politically. So maybe we should start passing some laws. Maybe we should start looking from a policy perspective. Maybe we should make contraception over the counter more affordable and more accessible for more Americans. Maybe we should start having policy conversations. The country is passing laws. The states are passing laws every day. They're saying that, like, you can't get pregnant after six weeks and you can't tell anyone or they'll go to jail. I mean, states are passing laws. talking about Congress at the federal level passing laws. Caitlin, the Affordable Care Act, the Affordable Care Act tried to do exactly what you are suggesting we should be doing. Thanks, Parson. Jeez. I couldn't get it done. Couldn't get it done. Thanks, Bart Stupak. Those dang blue dogs get in the way every time. <laughs> you and you and Tristan were there. What? Those dang Come blue on. dogs. 
Screw up the whole progressive agenda every time. The because we try to work with Republicans and we just get fault for it every single time. It's like, why are you talking to them? They care absolutely nothing about contraception. So why are you doing that? If moderate Democrats aren't going to go along with your policies, then why should Republicans be expected to do so? By the way, I don't think that the Republican Party is a big tent towner, but that's a whole different discussion. I think, I think the Democratic right Party country. is a massive tent. I think, yeah. I think Which is part of our problem. Center-right country. <laughs> right. I don't think the Ohio Republican Party is a big tent to just that would pick a random state that happened to hold a primary this but, week. Hey, but Jalen, why, why do you think what Mark said is crazy, though, about if you get a string of decisions? Like, I just don't think it's that. Mm-hmm. If you look at how these cases were decided, what the conservative, what those five justices think, I do not think it is that hard to see the court overturning four or five things that over the last 30, 40, 50 years, Americans have just become uh, have become accustomed to accepting. And I, I don't think I it's do. that crazy. And I, I, Mark nailed it. I totally agree that 2024, if, if you're painting a picture of not in theory what a Supreme Court could do, but what like a string of cases that are wildly outside the mainstream, I think that's a total game changer for the presidential election. Yeah, absolutely. It would be a game changer if that were anything based in reality whatsoever. There were three articles on this on the front page of CNN.com all day yesterday talking about all the inherent liberties and rights that were being stripped away from Americans as a result of this decision. The problem is, if you do read the decision, it's rooted in the fact that you have made up a new right. This, this, you have expanded the word liberty in the Constitution under under the Fourteenth Amendment to mean whatever you want it to mean. When you look at these other issues, they are based in sex, gender, race, things that are actually protected that are actually that's Lawrence in the v. Texas. Is not what I mean, what, right, Mark? I mean, I don't listen. Oh, I'm a non-lawyer. Not Griswold v. Connecticut, and we. I disagree with that as a matter of legal analysis, but but I also don't believe that we're going to get that string of decisions. I I don't know about the fact that we are a law firm podcast with only one lawyer, two lawyers. We need some common law folks on here to debate to actually have this debate. And that would be two lawyers, but but that's yeah. (laughs) We don't need a bunch of lawyers to look. I think. Um, the root culture war reigns supreme in this country right now from a political point of view. It drives everything. And and this issue is at the heart of the culture wars. This is the, this is the issue that the country's been at its core fighting about for however many years and billions and billions of dollars have been raised off of. This is the issue. And so I don't think the, way, it's this issue, the next thing. Howard, I think it's this thing. Well, this issue hasn't been settled. The Supreme no. Court has ruled five to four that uh, there is no constitutional right to uh, abortion. But the next case is the abortion pill being mailed from a state where it is legal to a state where it is illegal. And there's going to be litigation on abortion. Forget contraception, sodomy, and more. There's going to be litigation on abortion for years to come. One other thing, Connor, on what you said, too, that the distinction between the, the, the leaked draft from Alito 
as it relates to a right to abortion versus all these other things that are based in gender and race and uh, all these other things. I mentioned on our text, I, what I found so interesting in the opinion was that it didn't just focus in on due process and on the, on that very specific rationale in which Roe was decided. It went beyond that. It pointed to all of these other potential constitutional ways to protect the right to have an abortion and said none of that is constitutional either. It pointed uh, to equal protection, which Justice Ginsburg had said would have been a smarter way for the for the majority in Roe to have decided the case. And this conservative majority said no to all of that. They, they are trying to slam the book shut on this issue. And, and so I would just I would just offer that as like, I don't think it's just Roe created a magical right to abortion, but all this other stuff's going to be acceptable. I, I, I don't. You think this is the last time the court will say this is now settled law if this opinion comes out? Well, that's the last time this majority will say. I think it'll get, get By the way, back the other way if the court changes and it's made can, up. Can we spend about a half hour on the fact that I think the worst phrase in the English language for the United States of America is settled law, quote unquote, right. which is total nonsense. Um, but Howard, to your point real quick, I just wanted to say, yes, this is inflamed passions. Yes, everybody thinks about this all the time. No, zero people, not many people are going to vote on this in November. And that's going to be the thing. They're going to walk into those polling locations and they're going to think about inflation and they're going to think about uh, the, the spending power in their paycheck. And yes, there are going to be people that vote over this issue. They do every election cycle. This isn't going to change styles. their vote. No, I flip totally disagree. If you're. I don't know about that. There are swings. <laughs> there are swing voters. <laughs> and. People well, this is their number one issue. I don't swing voter. No, but, this is their number but you one have issue. to you have to look at which states we're talking about. I'll just tell you about Pennsylvania. And Howard was talking about suburban women driving the election in, in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, depending on the gubernatorial election that we're going to have in November, could very well be a state that outlaws abortion. And I think you are going to see suburban women who care about their daughters coming out and and voting on in the governor's race. What everybody's missing, yes. yeah. What everybody's missing, I think, is that this isn't about the house races. This is about a handful of governor's races, where all of the sudden it really matters to a suburban woman in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, yeah. with two daughters, whether the governor is Josh Shapiro or any of the Republican candidates. Mark, how about Michigan? How many suburban well, right, women right. in Wayne County and Livingston County do you think even knew, unless they follow politics closely, that Michigan already had like a hundred some year old law in the books banning abortion? Yeah. So that's um, not even like yeah. that's a purpley state where I've got to imagine all those suburban races that have been targeted. Abortion will be illegal in the state of Michigan when Roe gets overturned. This isn't Mississippi or Texas. This yeah. is Michigan. It's a purple state. And yes, I Caitlin, think you're going to see the state this... houses very quickly pivot to improving those laws. Maybe, but maybe not if you got Republican legislature. Not. I mean, I don't know about that. I think this I think this will be certain people's swing issue. It will swing their vote. We don't know what it's like to live in a world where 
this isn't allowed. We've only been well, living in a world where it is allowed. So if you're right that, okay, it wouldn't be allowed in several states across the country. And that's not ideal at all. And I think give those people a year or two in those states and those state legislatures are going to pass some form of abortion rights. But Maybe. it's not criminalizing it across the nation. I think until, again, I'm holding and reserving judgment until I see a full final Supreme Court. Caitlin, in what states will I that happen? are in charge, it won't happen. There's no way. I just hope the Democrats don't overplay their hand and start talking about packing the court. They're already because, doing it. They're already yeah, doing that, it. That is the stupidest idea, I think. Is Democrats overplay about, their hand? No way. The Never. <laughs> but there, there are, I mean, there are already states that have trigger laws right now waiting for this decision to come down. And I think, and and they they have been prepared for this. And it's and to Patrick's point, it's it's going to upset some people because they're going to hear this all summer of this Supreme Court case. And then by the time the fall hits, all the states are going to flood that these laws have now changed. These laws have not taken effect to ban any type of, of, of right that you have to your body People are going to get pissed. I just think it's perfect timing. I think it's when, when the actual ruling comes down. But I go back to my first point. It's only going to be it be impactful if Democrats can get together on their messaging and push this. If they can't, then it's, it's a missed opportunity. Well, to be continued, uh, we knew there was only one thing we could talk about today. Gosh, what a week in Washington and across the country and we're we're not going to talk about the NBA playoffs. We're done. <laughs> They're it's not over. that great so far, Mark. So we could talk about the Yankees. Not that great yes. in Philadelphia. No. <laughs> no NBA playoffs today. All right. We'll save that. In, 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 in honor of spending what the last almost 45 minutes in talking about abortion and women's rights. I just want to say happy Mother's Day to everyone who's good call, Tristan. Well done. Well done. Good call. Well done, Tristan. But he he is saying that because he only remembered yesterday. I did. I did. <laughs> it's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Very good call, Tristan. And uh apropos. And we will be back next week. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks guys. You've been listening to The Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Please subscribe to our podcast so our episodes are automatically sent to you when they are released. The Beltway Briefing podcast has been produced by Hometown Podcasts and Audio, Washington, D.C.